When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. It is finally here. Time for the much-hyped Miami Grand Prix. And a preview episode today, so the first of four podcasts we'll bring you this weekend as we tell the story of the weekend in Miami. And not so much focusing on the teams or the drivers or even the tech updates and upgrades if it applies to the specifics but more actually about Miami the track building it where it is the track layout and stuff like that joined by two of the best in the business as always joined by Jonathan Noble uh, from motorsport.com the F1 editor there regular guest on this show and a sometime guest on this show long-term listeners will know uh, Charles Bradley our global editor-in-chief of motorsport.com. In fact, very long-term readers will remember uh, from when Charles was uh, writing for Autosport before he made Miami his home and now runs the motorsport.com empire from our Miami headquarters. And so, uh, Charles, like, Miami is your home base now, and all of a sudden, Formula One's turned up on your doorstep. What's it like, and what's the feeling like there in Miami? 
absolutely off the scale, I would say. I was at the uh, Williams Racing pop-up on Lincoln Road, just around the corner from my house uh, yesterday. Uh, Alex Albon, Nicholas Latifi were in the house, and they were queuing around the block to be allowed in to see their Formula One heroes. Uh, I was very encouraged to see that the kind of demographic was Latino and at least 50% female. Um, so that's they're definitely locals, not tourists, and they are very much hyped for uh, what's going to happen on track this weekend. Well, it's been five years in the making, Charles. Uh, you know, you're a uh, you know this is your adopted home, uh, a Brit abroad, but you're a native these days. Uh, what's it been like to experience it for you? You live and breathe, you work motorsport, you literally run motorsport.com and then motorsports come into your doorstep. What's it been like seeing Formula One come to Miami? From a personal point of view, I've spent far too long watching City Hall uh, meetings and debates. And just last week, I was in the uh, the, the personal Zoom room of the uh, one of the judges here in Miami as the final uh, court case to try and stop the race w- was going on. You know, incredible to think that it was right in in doubt until almost in, almost the last minute. Um, and yes, it's been an absolute political saga to make this happen. In 2017, it all got announced there was going to be a race in Miami. It was going to be on a, a downtown Biscayne Bay. You know, fantastic racetrack around. You know, the the basketball arena. It was going to go over to Dodge Islands on a huge bridge. It was going to race on the streets of Biscayne Boulevard, and then. As soon and, and it was all positive. It was like, yeah, this is totally going to happen. And then very quickly, uh, there was a, a residence group who were like just totally against it, said it was going to cause way too much disruption. It was very much not in my backyard, even though there's been a history of racing around this area right back to 1984. IMPS had had a street race here. We had Formula E in 2015, so not, not that long ago at all. And it seemed very well organised. It seemed almost like a, on a corporate level that this, uh, this, this residence group suddenly got a lot of momentum. And there were uh, basically some uh, council elections upcoming and the commissioners involved basically couldn't be seen to be promoting something that the residents were so much against. So it got voted down. It then moved, obviously, to... The, uh, the Hard Rock Stadium site, this was very much a, a plan B to build an FIA grade one racetrack around the Miami Dolphins NFL Stadium, which is what's going to happen this weekend. But even then, residents kicked up a, a huge fuss. Again, they were very well organised and they put in quite a few claims. One of them was that it was uh, on a civil rights lawsuit saying it was... Uh, racially discriminatory to bring the race to a predominantly predominantly African-American community. You know, they, they basically said this is a bedroom community, there's houses, there's schools within the within the radius, a two and a half mile radius of the track. And then the, the, the that was thrown out of court. But the latest one was basically about uh, hearing damage and disruption. And the judge basically said that you couldn't prove that it was going to be unavoidable that you would get hearing damage basically because you could stay inside you could not come to the track you could put earplugs in so that finally went away just just uh, a couple of weeks ago as I say but uh, I'll just tell one quick story about I had a very chance meeting with somebody at an airport in Indianapolis I was I was with a, a CEO of quite a big company and I just 
asked him, who's that guy over there? Seems quite a big deal. And he said, oh, he's working with the Miami Grand Prix people to get it over the line. So I went over, bought him a beer while we were waiting for our flight. And it turned out he was, let's call him a political fixer to make things happen. And he told me what the real story was that, as he phrased it, they were paying all the right money just to the wrong people. And what happened next was that the correct people who were against the uh, idea of having the race here suddenly changed their minds and their, you know, their charitable causes, whether it's police benevolent fund or a playgrounds and stuff like that around the area, they suddenly got a cash injection. So it's amazing how politics works in this part of the world. And uh, funnily enough, there, there were some elections. There was a brand new mayor, Mayor Rodney Harris came in, previously was quite ambivalent towards the project. So as soon as he was elected, he actually pushed it through personally. So that's uh, that's a little insight into how the how the wheels turn in this part of the world. How fortuitous! What a bit of luck, eh? Wow. Uh, let's uh, let's talk let's talk about the circuit itself. Uh, John, you were there last night for the big party. Oh no, I didn't. I was t- I was I was being a being a good boy and doing work, unfortunately, because the time zone. Oh, so I missed okay. I missed the party, but I saw it. Uh, I saw it unfolding on social media. Well, I've I've seen your pictures online because you've been you've been posting pictures, uh, or you were credited with the pictures of the the fake marina, which we'll get yeah. onto in a minute because that's brilliant. But you've been down there. What's your first impressions of seeing this all springing up for the first time? It's a fantastic venue. I think the, the first impression you get when you go there is just how big it is. It's a massive, massive complex. You can get lost wandering around trying to work out where the media centre is, where the paddock is, all the facilities are, but. We got involved, there was like a media tour yesterday, so we saw all, all the behind the scenes, we saw the, the corporate areas, um, we saw the um, kind of boulevard, the paddock club, the podium, the fake marina, the uh, hard rock beach club, so all these areas. And it's very much a vibe, I got more of a vibe of it being a, a festival, um, you know, like your, your top end Glastonbury type thing, that people are just going to go, they're going to have a good time, heavily into the partying and having fun. But I spoke to Tom Garfinkel, who's obviously the, the CEO of the Miami Dolphins and Hard Rock Stadium, managing partner of the F1 Grand Prix, who's absolutely adamant that, you know, fine, any, any track can do the corporate stuff, can get the, the beach clubs and the parties and the, the good times. But he said, you cannot do that unless you've got a good racetrack. So that has to be the first priority. And on that front, I think from what we've seen so far, um, it should be, a, should be a good one too. I mean, it looked good for overtaking. Um, the circuit designer, Charles knows very well, and we've done quite a few videos with him, um, understands very well what's needed for a good racetrack nowadays. They've been unleashed a bit because of the F122 cars and ground effect. Um, so hopefully we're going to get the best, the best of both worlds. You get a, a great racetrack for good racing, great spectacle on TV, and for the, the, the people coming to the race, you know, a great vibe, a great weekend of fun, and you know, should just be a win-win for everybody. For our listeners watching it this weekend, what are the areas of the corners that you think might provide some action? Well, it's act- actually quite interesting because Cl- Clive Bowen, the circuit designer, digs quite deep into what makes a good race circuit. And I think the old days where you'd, you'd look at a track map and say, oh, there's a long straight. It's got a tight corner on the entry and a tight corner on the exit. That's going to be good for overtaking. It's not actually the case when you, when you dig much deeper into it. Um, what you need is, is what Clive's called the kind of Jekyll and Hyde characteristics. So one part of the track is tight and twisty with 
with camber and gradient, which requires a soft setup. So if you're, you've got a super stiff setup going through there, you're going to make mistakes. The car's not going to be quick and you're going to be exposed on the, the highest, higher speed sections where you do need the stiff setup and the, the lower ride height. So it's these compromises and these balances that should open it up. Um, and it's a similar philosophy um, to what they've got into Lagos, for example, where you need a, you know, the tight and twisty sections that go up and downhill, soft setup, but you need the, the different setup for that long climb up the hill to overtake into turn one. So we've got those, those similar characteristics. It's going to be a, a compromise between the two. Drivers are going to have to choose where they, where they want to be quick on the track. And that should introduce a bit of performance variance that, that gives us some overtaking. And Charles, tell us a little bit about the vibe that is going to be that you're going to see in person, because this is not a race that is going to be packed full of grandstands, you know, with 150,000 you know hardcore F1 fans you know, watching from the sidelines. But equally, we've seen it described as you know a race for the VIPs to watch in person. What's the reality of it? It'll be interesting to find out. Really, uh, I think there is going to be a certainly high proportion of VIPs with all the fancy hospitalities that you know John was swanking around in yesterday working hard actually Charles <laughs> working hard working hard research they <laughs> research they call it <laughs> oh yeah that was it but i do think it will have uh, a high degree of of local people my 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 neighbor um she she's uh, she's bought a ticket for 1500 bucks you know she was a little bit late to the to the party and that's the thing when it when they went on sale the cheapest ticket was 640 dollars and pretty that that they all sold out and they're all on resale sites for for north of 1500 2000 bucks now so um i still think you know it's the, the, the crowd's going to be about 85000 people there's some there is some really nice areas of grandstand i think the, the viewing opportunities are going to be really good there's kind of a, like a one one part of the track near the hard rock beach club has this kind of foro de sol feel to it it's the grandstands in a, a kind of 180 degree arc around that part of the track it's also going to be i think it was turn 11 isn't it It was going to be a really good overtaking opportunity and then towards the end of the track uh turn 17 is probably the main uh overtaking spot because it's at the end of a 1.2 kilometer straight it's going to be have drs and that's just before the final corners again there's a big section of uh, grandstands there and uh, i think there's going to be some uh, some really good viewing spots around there they also uh, put on some uh, cheaper tickets for the locals uh, they've, they're calling it basically like a campus ticket so you can roam around the whole area uh, i think it's a record for a, for a track there's i think there's 14 bridges across the track so every, everything's interlinked so you should be able to move around very freely also the stadium itself will be accessible there's going to be some concerts inside uh, on, a, on a stage that was set up for the Miami Open not so long ago so they're, they're reusing a lot of the hospitality areas and some of the facilities there and, and that's that's the thing I've really got from I've visited the site on multiple occasions since March seeing it all come together and it's amazing to see what a multi-purpose venue stadium this is because at the end of uh, January it was hosting NFL games then it was hosting the Miami Open just a month ago they had Jazz in the Gardens which was a huge jazz festival was there they've got Rolling Loud coming out which is one of the biggest hip-hop festivals in the world and the way that they've built this what they call a hybrid racetrack it's a it's a permanent racing surface but everything around it has to be temporary and, and 
be taken down and taken off site uh, so they can allow everything else that goes on around this circuit the other kind of you know 11 months of the year so it's uh I think it's it's going to be a fascinating spectacle. It seems to pass underneath established things like trees and around trees, and it almost looks as if the racetrack has been there, you know, for much longer than it has been, not built over the last month since the tennis left. And so they've done that side of it, I think, incredibly well. It looks like it's meant to be there. Look, we, you know, over here, we hear a lot about extreme weather events. When it, when you really get it bad in the US, it'll make our evening news for a couple of minutes. What is Miami weather in May going to be? Is there any chance it's going to throw a spanner in the works or are we going to see some glorious blue skies? Last night, it <laughs> bucketed down. Um but not at the track where I was. It was absolutely pouring with rain when I was coming back from the uh, from from dinner. Uh, I had to get a lift because it was just uh, it was raining so hard. They're prepared for it. There's a very very uh, inventive drainage system. Remember, this track's only a couple of miles from the sea. Uh, it's got a very high water table. Um, it's coming off. We've had a pretty uh, a pretty dry winter and and spring so far. Uh, but now is the time that the storms start to bubble up. I, um, when I first saw the timetable, it raised an eyebrow because the race is 3.30 on Sunday. I felt that was quite late. That's pushing it well towards that habitual time for those thunderstorms to, to bubble up. It's almost like they were intentionally aiming for that because they could have run it a couple of hours earlier and pretty much guaranteed that they'd, they'd miss it. Uh, these storms are very unpredictable. They pop up. Uh, they can pop up right. The storm last night was just basically on top of us and didn't move for two hours. What the stadium has, again, this is the great infrastructure that they can take advantage of. It has huge storage tanks underneath the stadium to keep the car park from what was the, the car park before from flooding. They've got some very clever drains that are very shallow because you can't have a deep one because the water table is just underneath it. So there's a lot of pipe work that goes either into the, uh, the the creek that's to the north side of the track or goes into these huge vats of space uh, with, with water pumps that's actually underneath the stadium. So flooding of the track could only happen if it just rains so hard that literally they can't cope with it, but they are wow. built to cope with it. And as soon as it stops raining, that should all run away. So I know, I know for a fact that they've been out every time it's rained, They've been running around the track looking for puddles. There haven't been any. Uh, the only issue they ran into recently was the, um, the, uh, the, 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 the beach club. They've literally brought in sand uh, to make a beach. And what it was doing, the sand was actually getting washed into the drains. But it was on the it was on the public side where it was puddling, not the racing surface side. So they had to hoover out the drains and make sure the sand was nowhere near the drains. Um, so they've, they're, they're very very proactive, and I think I think they'll uh, they'll avoid any problems unless, unless there's a, a proper seismic weather event. And looking at the forecast, there's there's nothing there's nothing in the in the pipeline. Excellent. All right, John. Let's talk about water or lack of it. Why did the internet break this week with the fake marina? Can you just fill the listeners in because you've been down to have a look at it, and it's. It's quite something. Yeah, it's been. I think it's been the social media talking point of Miami so far. The fake marina, which no one really knew what it was going to be like. We've seen, we'd seen some images of it, but as it's kind of turned into reality over the past few weeks, especially when they put down this kind of it's like a vinyl 
covering that's made to appear like water. Um, so there's been some memes on it. I saw that someone did a video. I think originally a bloke jumping onto a iced lake, hoping he'd smash through, but actually the ice was a bit thicker. So he bounced off, which has been superimposed over the top of the fake marina. I think they had 3 million views and there's been endless memes and um, photoshopped images all over the place. So it's caused some, you know, unsurprisingly divided opinion on social media. Some people hate it, say it's ridiculous, you know, what they've done. This is a, you know, extravagance gone too far. Um, some people absolutely love it, think it's the sort of, you know, the, the bonkers thing that fits in perfectly with, you know, a lot of extravagant things that are in Miami. Um, I spoke to Tom Garfinkel about it last night. We were having a laugh about it. And he says, you know, we've got the race, we've focused on the racetrack. We've got a racetrack we believe is good for racing. So why can't we have some fun? Why do we have to be so serious? We don't take ourselves too seriously. And if people are having a laugh and poking fun, that's fine. They're happy to laugh along with it. Um, you know, I went down there yesterday. It was an interesting place to say. And it's not just, it's not been put in there just to, so it looks pretty on television. Um, it forms part of a kind of end complex for Long Boulevard. There's bars there. There's a yacht club. There's a yacht sales um, place. Obviously, going to sell some sell some yachts there to people. There's deck chairs. There's sun lounges. There's a, a kind of a, a fake beach. It's like this sand-coloured carpet down there. So it's, it's just a location for people to go down, and it would fit in perfectly. You know, if that was at a festival, for example, people would love it. So this is fantastic. There's a fake marina at a music festival. What a wonderful thing! So this is just the vibe that Miami are trying to do. It's this crossover between a, a festival. Fun place to go, fun place to chill out, spend a day with friends having a good time. That just so happens to be uh, alongside a Grand Prix track. Um, I think it works. I don't think it's pretending to be anything it's not. Um, you know, whether it returns next year or not, we'll, we'll see. But I think it's become almost, you know, an iconic thing already for Miami. And it's no bad thing, I think, for publicity of events if you end up with something completely random that becomes the major talking point. No, absolutely. And if you look at, at Cota, since F1's been going to Austin, they've really played up, you know, Texas and cowboy hats and big belt buckles and stuff like that. So, you know, I think as you're watching, it's a global sport and you've got to kind of go a little bit over the top sometimes to, you know, have some fun and communicate what the vibe's all about and things like that. But, John, you know, I'm interested, John, in terms of your view of where this sits in the U.S. Grand Prix, this isn't the U.S. Grand Prix, this is the Miami Grand Prix, by the way. But if you look back at the likes of, you know, Watkins Glen and Phoenix and Indianapolis, and then we went back to, to Austin and, and, and Cota, Sebring's not a million miles away. How, how do you feel this fits in with uh, the history of Formula One racing in America? I think what's, what's changed um, significantly over the past five years is and this is definitely the approach to America is that every time we went to the United States um, for you know, probably since the 80s you know whether whether it was Dallas whether it was Phoenix uh, Detroit um, Indianapolis uh, and then into Austin the question was always can F1 break it in the American market and there's always endless debate about you know we'll find a racetrack but we'll rock up on the you know Tuesday Wednesday beforehand do some promos on some TV shows, have the race, fly out on Monday, then forget about it for 12 months. And there wouldn't be this kind of breakthrough. It was just treated almost like any other average country. Um, wouldn't be any particular special focus or special effort. Um, but when Liberty Media came in, they realised that this was actually an underexploited market. You know, it's massive potential if you can break into America, which then provided that the impetus for the Netflix series. And I think what's what's been transformed and... Austin has, 
you know, lived through this transformation is that F1 has broken into America, that the market and the feed is there and, and it's fed almost the, the Netflix effect, the Austin establishing itself, Liberty's push, um, bigger push on social media, bigger push on television has now become the question is not can F1 break into America? It's now what can F1 do to make itself even bigger in America? So we've got Miami, we've got Vegas coming. The place is plenty big enough for three Grand Prix. I think it's just lifted lifted the bar up and transformed what can be made of a Grand Prix. And fine, sure, it's a you know six hundred dollar tickets, fifteen hundred dollar tickets, full of corporates, VIPs, sponsor guests. Not every Grand Prix can be like this. Not every Grand Prix should be like this. That you need the you need your Silverstones and your Spas and your Monzas and your Zandvoorts. But equally, there's no harm having big corporate events like this. Um, and I think it's that balance that F1 can achieve and I think will achieve, which is why events like Miami can work. And Charles, last word to you then. Where do you think this fits in? If you look at races around the world that perhaps you could argue are starting to be under a little bit of pressure, like you could even say Monaco. Uh, I know Zach Brown has, has talked about Monaco a little bit recently as well. You know, there, there was a time in the past when you could never, ever contemplate taking that off the calendar. But there's some great places we go racing now. We can't keep adding circuits, though. So do you think that this knocks something else off the calendar? Or how do you think that could shake out in terms of fitting in more races in the US? The way I look at it, it's it's kind of like with the, with the tide. The boat the boats go up when the tide goes up, right? So it's, it's a benefit to everybody. It's a benefit to have America interested in in F1, it's opening up that audience that's previously maybe only been interested in, you know, at the moment it's NBA playoffs, it's ice hockey playoffs, baseball season's just started, you know, and a couple of months, we just had the NFL draft, That's that season starts soon. Obviously what Formula One has, it has these marquee events all around the world and that's that helps its USP and that's something that the Americans can get turned on to. Obviously, the, there's some time uh, zone differences that cause a cause a problem for this audience. Uh, but that's mm. that's life, isn't it? That's just uh, where, wherever you are, basically. Um, but uh, but I think you know for the, for this race, uh, it does. I think it does put pressure on some of the uh, traditional venues. I think it also means that those traditional venues probably do have to kind of raise their game a little bit. You know, somewhere like. Uh, look, looking at North America, obviously Montreal's been an absolute standout um, event in North America. Suddenly, that's probably losing a bit of its USP because you know all these other races in North America are now happening. Uh, I think they're probably going to have to step their game up to keep their place on the on the calendar. You know, we've, we've seen it come and go before, and places like France. You know, I don't think. Is Monaco really in jeopardy? I think it'd be a, a huge step, you know, certainly from a from a purist point of view, uh, and again from a commercial point of view. I know, I know they don't. What's about the only race on the on the calendar that doesn't pay the fee? Um, but there's a reason for that. It's because it's the Monaco Grand Prix, um, and of course this this does put some pressure on it. Does does it mean it's going to vanish from the calendar? I'd be amazed if if it did. I really really do. But it absolutely does put pressure on the others. I think it probably means that Vegas is the last of the new American tracks. I don't see anybody else with a hand up or a possibility. You know, we tried New Jersey. Bernie couldn't make it happen. I don't see any more room for manoeuvre on this this side. Um, but somewhere like Canada, somewhere like Mexico City as well, I mean, what a fantastic event that is. But it's 
also probably a little bit under under pressure now. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the the calendar does evolve in future but i think for uh, for america this this is this is it having the east coast the middle and the west coast uh you know served that's really gonna uh, elevate it further and you know with the whole netflix uh effect taking place uh that's that's really that's that's the real reason that f1 i think we can say now that f1 has conquered america and it can it can only i think I think it can only really grow forwards going going from this point, and this weekend's going to be huge uh, to towards that aim. And uh, so, fingers crossed, it all goes to plan. But having been to the site, having seen it evolve, having seen what we've got at the moment, you know, it's 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 uh, it's, it's all looking really really positive for uh, for a fantastic Grand Prix this weekend. Well, we can't wait to watch it. Thank you for listening to our little preview podcast. You can make sure that you read everything these guys are writing on. I guess our UK listeners are probably go to autosport.com, but the rest of the world, uh, you can go to motorsport.com with a bit more of a global flavour, uh, a little bit less, you know, national racing and stuff like that. Depending on which website you want to go to, uh, do check out uh, what these guys are writing. Check out their social media as well over the weekend. I'll be back on Friday uh, with our usual look at practice uh, we'll bring you qualifying live from the track uh, after qualifying on Saturday we'll be back with a big podcast the big review show on Sunday night with three of the team in our, our glamorous Miami studio which is very exciting thanks for listening and we'll see you soon with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. You don't need a reason when the one and only hot and melty sausage McMuffin with egg is just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.